Welcome, and thank you for listening to the podcast of North Etowah Baptist Church. Visit us online at northetowah.org. Rather than church being a place where people far from God are met with shame, guilt, and condemnation, we believe Jesus leads us to be a family that extends His grace, mercy, and forgiveness to everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's service. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3 today, please, friends. Ephesians chapter 3, over in the New Testament, the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 3. I want to talk to you this morning about what we just sang about in that old hymn, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. Tell Me the Story of Jesus. You know, we have been having the wonderful opportunity down at the gym theater as we have been sharing on a hill too far away. This Easter musical has been just wonderful as it has presented the gospel message and the cross story to our community and to other churches and to our church and to our people and to just everybody that has been able to be there to do that. But here's the thing. We cannot know the story of Jesus without considering that cross. If you want to know more about Jesus, you want to tell somebody about Jesus, you've got to go through the cross. Friends, I want to ask you a very important question. And this question is so important, it's vital to you and me and to the life of our church and and your life. I want to ask you a very important question. Whether you are 7 years old or 77 or 107, Whether you have been just now, today might be your first day ever in this building, or it might be that you've been here more than anybody else that's ever been placing their feet in this building. I ask those on the radio and Facebook Live as well. A very important question. Here is this question. I want you to answer it in your heart. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? The most important question that anyone can answer in their lifetime. Jesus Christ died on that old rugged cross for our salvation. Friends, we don't worship that cross. We worship Jesus Christ. And if you'll notice, that cross is empty because our Savior is not on that cross. They took him off that cross, placed him in a borrowed tomb, and he rose again to life three days later. We worship Jesus Christ who is alive. He rose from the grave on Easter, and that's what we celebrate next Sunday morning. We're going to be celebrating Jesus Christ rising again. Today, as I was sharing with the kids, today he comes in to the town, into Jerusalem, and they're all, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're taking their cloaks off and laying it down for that donkey to go across. They're taking it down for Jesus, and they're waving these palm branches. Hosanna, we're so glad you're here. And it wasn't a few days later. Crucify him. Crucify him. We want Barabbas. Crucify him. And they did. On Friday, they crucified him. 
And then, three days later on Sunday morning, he came back to life. He come out of that grave. Friends, we're, we're looking at the cross. The history of the cross goes back a long time before Jesus. It, it had been used for a long time before he come along. And before he was born in Bethlehem of Judea. But it was those Romans, those ruthless Romans, who used it on such a massive scale to execute people. You see, the victim was tied onto those, that cross beam or nailed to that cross beam, and then they were left to die. After that cross was stood up and dropped down in a hole, if you can imagine with me what that would be, I can't stand to hit my thumb with a hammer or close my thumb in a kitchen drawer, but I can't imagine if I was nailed to a piece of wood and then they dropped it in a hole, the thud. Can you? But that's what Christ endured. They fastened him there. They put those cords on him. And then even with the heat of the sun beating down on him, even with the pull of the body pulling down on those where he's attached and the torture that the person had endured before being placed on that cross. Sometimes it would take up to a week for that person to die. The cross was a terrible, ruthless, painful way to die. Friend, listen this morning. In order for you to come to be a Christian, in order for you to make it to heaven, you've got to come by the way of the cross. We have got to go by the way of the cross. You know who killed Jesus? Some of you may be saying those Romans. Some of you may be saying those Jews that said crucify him. But friend, I want you to know this morning that I have to look in the mirror along with you. Because you and I are the reason that Jesus Christ died on that cross. We all had a part in his death. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He died on the cross for our sin. That is the reason he was placed there. Friends, let's just pray. Father, thank you for this day. And I pray that today the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, will be acceptable in your sight. I pray, God, that every word that I say and every word that is spoken here would be the word that we need to hear this morning. Father, I thank you for every person here, and let us now learn more about you and the cross that you endured and you uh, volunteered to be on for us. God, thank you for Easter. Thank you for this week we celebrate you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Apostle Paul. You know, some of you might not have grown up in the church, and Paul was a great missionary. Paul was similar to Billy Graham, or I should have said Billy Graham, similar to Paul. Most everybody here has heard of the, the late Billy Graham. But Paul was a great missionary of his day. 
One of the greatest, and I would contend he's probably the best missionary we've ever had. What's a missionary? A missionary is someone who goes out and tells other people about Jesus and tells them how he, he died and rose again, like, such as what I'm doing, but you go to other places. So the Apostle Paul wrote a lot of letters. And today, we're reading from one of the letters. The New Testament's a bunch of letters that he wrote. Not all of them. He wrote a lot of them in there, though. In the Bible. Ephesians, that we're in now, is a letter that he wrote to the church at Ephesus. And in this letter, he said in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 17, would y'all follow along? Let's see what Paul wrote in this letter. This letter is applicable to us too. He said, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now in that, what I just read, you heard me talking about some dimensions. The breadth and the length. The breadth is the width. The breadth and the length and the height and the depth. So I want us to consider those dimensions. What is the breadth of the cross? What is the width of the cross? Friends, I'm here to tell you, if you want to know how wide the cross is, I say it is the love of Jesus that placed him on that cross is so wide that it encompasses everybody. The love of Jesus, the breadth of Jesus was so great, it, meant it was manifested there on that cross, and it's for everyone. Think about this. When you consider the world population, just think not just the people that are in this building, not just the people in this town, not just the people in this country, but the world population. It is increasing at staggering rates. In 1800, it was at 1 billion. In 1800, it finally reached, the world population reached 1 billion. In 2017, the last that I could find, it says the world population is 7.6 billion. That is staggering. The world population is going up. And then I read that it's increasing by 83 million every year. The world population is increasing at staggering rates. And here is the thing. Jesus died for all of us. 7.6 billion right now. He died for all of us right now. And that's not counting all of those who have already passed on. Friends, Jesus, the breadth, the width of the cross is staggering. It's for everyone. That world population is so big, and yet God loves us, everyone. He loves you here this morning. God's love extends from Africa to China to Russia, back to the United States, all the way up into Alaska and down into Hawaii and down into South America. It extends all over the world. Jesus' love is so great. It is that wide. It includes you. It includes you, whoever you are. It includes you even though you came to this place or you're listening on the radio or you are watching on Facebook and you don't have any religious beliefs. You don't have any religious background. It still includes you, friend. It doesn't matter who you are. That love includes you. So let me tell you the story of Jesus. 
He loves you so much. The width of his love is incomprehensible. It's so wide. The next dimension that we see is the length. The length of the cross. Again, the length of the cross has no measure. The length of the cross extends from eternity to eternity. From everlasting to everlasting. That's sort of hard to understand. You know what eternity means? It means it never ends. Never ever ends. You might be like me. My feeble mind, I can think about. Well, from here and never ending, I can sort of try to understand that. Sort of. Kind of. But when I think about eternity past, my mind goes crazy trying to think how something never started. It's always been. That's God. My God has always been. His love has always been. You ought to be able to measure it though, shouldn't you? When Noah built the ark, wasn't it 300 cubits? When Solomon built the temple in the Bible, wasn't he told to build it to 30 cubits or 60 cubits long? If, if some of you men go out in the backyard and build you a tool shed, you're going to be able to measure it with a tape measure, aren't you? So I'm trying to figure out here, shouldn't we be able to measure God's love? How can you measure it, friend? Ephesians 3.19 we just read, And to know the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. There's no way, according to the Bible, that we can get our finite minds can't even begin to understand God's infinite love. The, 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 the length of the cross is immeasurable. Friend, I want you to know here this morning, you and I both, we both, we all deserve death. My first question was, are you a Christian? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? I want you to know, friend, every one of us deserves death, hell. We deserve it. There's nobody here good enough for heaven. We're not. Except through the shed blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only way that you and I can make it to heaven. God loved you. God loved me so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And that love cannot be measured. So let me tell you the story of Jesus. God loves you so much. The next dimension that we see is the height. The height of the cross. Think about this. The height of the cross extends all the way to the throne of God. That is how high the cross reaches. No matter how high heaven is, the cross reaches it. And ladies and gentlemen, no matter how low you are, the cross is there. No matter what you were born into, you're saying in your heart, I didn't have the opportunity to be, I didn't have the privilege of being born into a Christian family. 
I was born into poverty. I was born, I don't have the finer things like so many people that I'm sitting next to. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get in school all that stuff that my friends had. And I, you just don't know, preacher, how low I am. No matter what your family status is, I want you to consider Jesus. Philippians 2, 7 says, He emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That's Philippians 2, 7. He emptied himself. God Almighty, God did. Friends, consider that. God took everything away, and he came to this earth as a baby born in Bethlehem, the lowest of the low, into a, to a, to a, a, a man and a, a maiden, Mary, a virgin that was there, and she gave birth to God. And then they laid him in a feeding trough. That's how low Jesus was. He was born into the lowest of the low here, friends. So you're saying your family status is low? You're saying you're poor or you don't have, uh, your resources aren't as great as that? Friends, Jesus didn't either. And the height of the cross reaches to you. The height of the cross reaches your circumstances and mine. Through the cross, Jesus draws all to him. But you have to make a decision about Christ. You gotta quit playing games. You've got to make a decision about Christ. Let me tell you the story of Jesus. God is saying, I love you. I love you. And he took the blood of his son and he wrote, I love you, written in red. I love you. Jesus loves you. God loves you. The width or the breadth, the length, the height, what about the depth? Some are here, and you have fallen flat on your face into sin and depravity. You're in the pit right now. And you have done those things with your boyfriend you know you shouldn't have been doing. Your boyfriend or your girlfriend has pressured you to do the wrong things. You know what I'm talking about. You have been at work and you have been looking at things you know you shouldn't. You have been going against your marital vows which said till death do us part. And you have been a cheater. You have been a liar. You have been a stealer because you've been stealing those paper clips and ink pens. You have been... Whatever else, I'm not going to name everything because you know what you're doing. Because the Holy Spirit right now is telling you. And you know the depths of sin that you've fallen into. You live like an animal. You 
might even be a murderer. You might even be a rapist. I don't know. I'm just telling you, we are sinful people. All of us. Your sin is great. My sin is great. But no matter how great it is, friend, God covered it with his blood of his son, Jesus. You, no matter what you have done, no matter what you've done, you're never too far for Jesus to reach you. He is reaching you. He is wanting you. The cross covers you. And that cross, the depth, no matter how deep you have dug this hole for yourself, the cross is still there for you. How deep is God's love? Well, Romans chapter 11, 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. It is so deep that it's unfathomable to you and me, the love that God has for us. God's love can draw up every sinner and exalt them all the way to heaven. He is wanting to say to you, I forgive you, but all you got to do is call out to me and I will forgive as I said a while ago, John 12, 32 says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. That's Jesus saying that. When we lift up the cross, when we lift up Jesus, he is going to draw people to himself. Friends, let me tell you the story of Jesus. He loves you no matter what you've done. No matter what. That is the depth. According to our scripture here in verse 18 and 19, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, would you allow me to add another dimension? The cost of the cross. The cost of the cross. Would you think about his suffering again for a minute? Think about all the wounds that he endured for you. A concussion, they were beating him in the head. Lacerations as they, they took that whip that is a cat of nine tails and slung it against his back. And it was filled with either jar, uh, uh, jar clay jars that had been broken or rocks or pieces of metal. We don't know for certain that theologians go back and forth what it was. Either way, it's leather strips with something in it. They would sling it, and then it would go into your flesh, and then they would pull it off. Slinging and pulling, that's lacerations. The penetration as they took that crown of thorns and crushed it down on his head. I don't like a splinter, do you? I don't want a crown of thorns just crammed down on my head. The perforation as they put those nails into his hands and to his feet. The incision of that sword as they rammed it into his side to make sure that he had passed. Think of Christ's suffering for you, friend. Those nails... They were driven by you and me. It kills me every time 
Friday night, Saturday night, and I'm sure it will again tonight, when I hear that hammer hitting those nails into my Savior, it hurts. Because I think about how he was doing that for me and my sin is part of what's nailing him to that cross. You see, we all had a part in the suffering of Christ. I wasn't there physically, but I was because I'm the one. My sin placed him on that cross. See, we're never going to understand this Bible until we understand the death of Christ on the cross. We've got to understand that God is holy. He is righteous. He's perfect. He's pure. God cannot look upon evil. And because of our sin, God can't look at us. We are separated from Him. He can't be in our presence because of the sin in our life. And in that terrible time of agony when Jesus was on the cross and when all of my sin and yours and all the world's was placed on Jesus, at that moment, God couldn't look at His own Son any longer. And the world grew dark and there was uh, thunder and lightning and earthquakes and the temple was rent. The temple curtain was rent and torn in two from the top to the bottom. God couldn't look at our sin. And he couldn't look at Jesus, his only son. The one who never lied, never cheated, never stealed, never did anything wrong. Jesus, the one who was without sin, was made to be sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 All the filth and all the dirt from our lives was placed on Him. None of us can understand the gravity of that moment. Let me tell you the story of Jesus. He loves us. He loves you, friend. What about the conviction of the cross? Are you feeling it? You and I have sinned against God. You and I have broken His laws. Often we have deliberately rebelled against Him. But you see, God wouldn't be God if He just said, Come on, I forgive you. Just you're forgiven. He couldn't be holy and righteous and just if he did that. God knew that either we had to die because he couldn't let us in heaven the way we were or there had to be a sacrifice for our sins. And in that moment, Jesus, I can just picture it. It's not really what happened, but I can see Jesus. I'll do it. I'll do it. Jesus volunteered to do that. And he died in our place. 
our guilt was placed on the cross. Verse 17 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Do you notice the invitation there? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. Jesus is in heaven right now preparing a place for you and for me. I question, where are you going to spend eternity? Where are you going? There's, I don't know how to make it any clearer or any plainer. You are going to hell or you're going to heaven. There is no other way. There is no other place. There's no saying, I'm going to live here forever and just be happy and, and build my treasures here on earth. Friend, I'm telling you the truth. You are going to hell, the pits of despair, the place prepared for the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angel. You're going there, hell, or you are going to heaven. The best way to describe heaven is this. I know what John the Revelator said, but I'll tell you this is the best way. Heaven is where Jesus is. That's where I want to be. Streets of gold, gates of pearl, a place, a mansion on a hilltop, a place of victory, no more, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more crying, no more hospitals, no more drug abuse, no more uh, anything. Sin is gone. But all that stuff is just a place. I want to be where Jesus is. The light of the world, the living water that restores my soul. Today, what are you going to do with the cross? What are we going to do with the cross? Jesus is asking us to repent of our sin. What are we going to do? You are embarrassed because right now you're thinking, what are they going to think of me? You're thinking, I can't get out of these pews. They're too close. Friends, I know those are just lame excuses. The devil's giving that to you. Quit making excuses. The devil is the one telling you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You know they're going to talk about you. Don't do it. They're all going to, work. They're all going to be looking at you. Don't do it. You, whatever excuse you're getting right now is the devil doing it. The Holy Spirit is telling you, though, come to me. Jesus is saying, come to me. So I ask you, what are you going to do with the cross? Don't you want to make it right during Palm Sunday, the week of Easter in 2018? Let's survey that cross. 
Let's look at that cross. What are we going to do with it? That's the decision that each one of us must make for ourselves. Let the Spirit lead this morning. Don't hold back. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father, I come to You in the name of our Lord and Savior. And right now I pray that You would strengthen, that You would uh, give us um, what we need to move forward against the devil, keep him at bay, push him aside, get him out of here, and let us follow you and your leadership and your direction and not hold back, we ask, we pray. We pray for your will to be done. Not mine, not no one else's, but your will to be accomplished. And Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to the services at North Etowah Baptist Church. If you made a decision for Christ today, head over to northetowah.org slash contact. Fill out the form and someone from our staff will be quick to contact you. Not to mention, we'd love to worship with you. All worship times and other activities can be found on our website. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.